Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One one pitch, fastball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. It is Tuesday, July 2nd. What's going on? Welcome to Fantasy Baseball today. Adam Azer and Scott White here. We're going to have a special guest coming up later in the show. Scott, good morning to you. It's a sad day, no question about it. Just want to start off the show. Rest in peace to Tyler Skaggs. Uh, Scott had a very nice tweet about Tyler Skaggs last night. I think everybody knows uh, how how much I've been interested in Skaggs' career, and I just want to get it all at the top of the show. You know, it was uh, it was shocking. It was just shocking last night, and uh, so sad. And rest in peace, and uh, thoughts and prayers, and of course, uh, you know, just just we're very saddened by. It. We really are. I know we don't know Tyler Skaggs, but just being you know playing mm-hmm. fantasy baseball. You just you follow the sport so closely. You follow the players so closely. And Tyler Skaggs is a guy that I watched more than almost any other pitcher. Obviously, everybody knows how much I liked him. So uh, it really shook me. It really did. And uh, it's just sad. And we'll, we'll be distracted by, you know, Josh Bell and, and the other great stuff from yesterday. But really wanted to say off the top of this show just how sorry we are for the loss of, of Tyler Skaggs. Didn't know if there's anything you wanted to add, Scott. We can, we can move on. No, I mean, you're right. Like when... You know, obviously we don't we don't know these people, but they become such a big part of our. I mean, the first time I Tyler Skaggs came across my radar was nine years ago um, when he was involved in a trade center to the Diamondbacks. Just became a big prospect in their organization, and we've been tracking him ever since. And you get you know you get so invested in a guy's career and how he's developing, and you know this just really uh, this really. Uh, you know, it, it, it hits hard and, you know, you think about those who, you know, such a small part of our world and you think about those that he's such a big part of, mm-hmm. and it just, uh, you know, it's, it's a really tough thing. It is 27 years old, gone too soon. And, uh, we'll miss Tyler Skaggs. All right. Monday standouts, Josh Bell. He was awesome. Four for six with three home runs, seven RBIs, and three runs against the Cubs. He is now the number three hitter in fantasy. So, Scott, one thing we're going to do today is get your top 24, your first two rounds for 2020, or for the re- is it for 2020 or for the rest of 2019, or is it the no, same? For 2020, for 2020, like right. next year. First round pick, Josh Bell? Uh, not a first round pick, no. But there's there's a chance we'll there's a chance we'll put his name out there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, th- three th- more home runs. This was written before the three homer game, right? It was written as the three homers were happening. Ah, yeah. oh, I'd wow. already committed to putting him in, and I think he had hit two of the home runs. So you know, yeah, well, maybe I should have moved him up a couple spots. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. They, uh, one thing that really held him back his first two seasons is he was not good at PNC Park. He was not good. At home, he is slugging, slugging 729 at home this year after three home runs yesterday. And we talked about him as one of those, you know, big breakout hitters. Should you sell high on them? And we said no. You know, we we bought it. And um, yeah, I, do, what do you have to say about Josh Bell other than the fact that he's great and he's going to be uh, in your lineup rest of season? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder, cause obviously two of the home runs came off Adbert Alzali and, uh, 
You know, Azulay gave up seven earned runs in two and two-thirds innings, and this start five of them off the bat of Bell. Those two home runs and you know how much of it was just making a couple of mistakes to a really hot hitter. Then again, Azulay also gave up he gave up ten hits total, and those were only two of them. So it was really it was a really bad start for Azulay. Uh, yep. Which, you know, all, every pitcher at some point is going to have a start like this. Uh, you know, some of them eventually develop to a point where they never really have starts quite this bad. And there was a lot to like about Azalei in his first two starts. There was a lot to like about him. But we're already on Azalei. We are not done with Josh Bell yet. Scott White. Really? Well, okay, this is what I want to know I, about Josh okay. Bell. Uh, what do you want to know? How shocking is this breakout to you? Were there seeds there that were planted? You know, like post-All-Star break last year, mm-hmm. 823 OPS, seven home runs in 50 games, nothing special, but a little bit more power. Yeah. Like five five home runs in 96 games before the All-Star break, and then seven in 50 games yeah. after. Uh, 2017, he had 26 home runs in 159 games as a rookie. And he's obviously gigantic, right. so you look at him and you're not surprised by the power. Um, he's got he's on pace. So thanks to ESPN for this stat. He's on pace for the third most extra base hits in baseball history, behind Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. On pace for 112 extra base hits. So you know, wow. from a yeah, from a dynasty perspective, you know, like was this surprising to you that he's able to break out, you know, the, to this degree? Well, you might remember I was very excited when he first got called up, and uh, I think he was. I think he was among my breakouts or sleepers heading into last year. Uh, but then, you know, it was it was such an unproductive season, even though he did it, he did finish better. And there was some talk uh, that he was working on elevating the ball more. And, you know, it seemed like it took a while to manifest, but the numbers did improve in the second half. They weren't anything that led you to believe he was capable of this. So. You know, I was I was kind of a downer on him coming into this season. I, I think it was Chris, actually, yeah. who we were on one episode. I, I think we pointed to out our favorite sleeper or something for the upcoming season. He chose Josh Bell. And I thought, wow, that's a weird choice. Um, <laughs> yeah, it felt like the it felt like the hype had kind of da- died down justifiably. Uh, but clearly, clearly not, because this is. Yeah, I'm fully buying into it now, as you said. We probably have since before the end of April. Yeah. All right. So now we're done with Josh Bell. Let's talk about Alzali and let's talk about Logan Allen. Because Logan Allen's actually owned in more leagues than Edward Alzali. And Alzali's 58% owned, 10 hits, 7 runs in 2 and 2 thirds. So I I wanted to watch this start. I did watch this start. Um, I own Albert, Albert Alzali in my most important league, so this was a big one for me. And he could not throw a strike. He was all over the place in the first inning, and I just said, oh, really? Yeah, he was falling behind, mm. and then when he did throw strikes, they got crushed. So I thought he struck yeah. out the second batter of the game. I think it was a bad call, whatever, but uh, it was close. Mm-hmm. But I, So when Josh Bell came up, I was like very nervous. Bell hits this home run <laughs> that was just rocketed. I didn't even see it land. I turned off the TV. I said some just terrible things, Scott, and I was done with baseball for the rest of the night. So um, my question is, yeah. now that I've gotten that off my chest, Alzali and Logan Allen, who gave up six runs in four innings against the Giants, uh, but his first two starts were good. It, do you see a reason to mm. keep them on your roster? 
Well, Al's alive more than Allen. I was, yeah, the first two starts were good for Allen, but I was questioning the skills backing them uh, when both in the minors leading up to his promotion and in those first two starts, I guess we'll call them, although one was technically a relief appearance for Alzali. Uh, you know, there, he showed he showed skills to get excited about. Yeah. But I, I feel like, first of all, his ownership percentage is pretty low heading into this start. Like, he wasn't a prospect of such a name that people were rushing to grab him off the waiver wire, hadn't technically gone five innings yet. I think you could probably get away with dropping him if you're looking for the free up a roster spot, maybe for somebody like Dylan Cease. When we talked about Cease yesterday, I put him behind Alzali in terms of young, recent or prospective call-ups that I'd want to roster. Now, now I would move him ahead of Alzali uh, because there's less heat on Alzali at this moment. See how Cease does in his major league debut Wednesday. Allen, I mean, there's definitely pedigree there, but he wasn't great at AAA. And uh, you know hasn't shown great mat bat missing ability in any of his first three starts, and yeah, bad start against the Giants especially is uh, discouraging. He was a two star pitcher. He was my favorite sleeper two star pitcher in a not so great field for them. But the Giants start was the one he was supposed to come through for you. Yeah, and, didn't work. Did not work. Okay. No. Uh, all right, so disappointing night there for a one-two star pitcher in Logan Allen. Then I don't know if Alzali is getting a second start this week. If he does, it would be at the White Sox. Allen, it would be at the Dodgers, and that's pretty scary considering you know the Giants just mm-hmm. rocked them. So we got a, a fun show today. We've got uh, Scott's top twenty-four. We've got Heath coming on in a little bit. Scott, you're not aware of that, but there's a reason. I'm gonna tell you oh, about he- it. Is he our guest? He's our special he- guest, yes. Because okay. we're playing a game today. Oh, man. Oh, man. We're playing the feud later on in the show. I find it all tinkly hearing that music. Yes. All right, so that's coming up uh, in just a little bit. Got some players we don't talk about much. Tommy Pham, Chris Bryant. Juan Soto, Yoan Moncada, Fernando Tatis. I have deemed them not talked about enough, and so we will talk about them. Right now, I want to talk about the biggest week in mixed martial arts this year. It has arrived. CBS Sports will be offering wall-to-wall coverage of USC, UFC 239. So Brian Campbell, Rashad Evans, and Brandon Wise are out uh, at International Fight Week. Be sure to subscribe to the State of Combat podcast anywhere you find podcasts. It's called State of Combat. For an exclusive interview with, I don't know how to pronounce this person's name, Amanda Nunes, Nunes, and a full preview of UFC 239 with predictions and new interviews all week long. So even though I don't know how to pronounce that name, I guarantee you it's a big name in the world of UFC. They get huge guests on the State of Combat podcast. It's awesome. Check it out. It's not just MMA either. It's boxing and wrestling, but this week there I'm sure will be an MMA focus. News and notes. Houston is reportedly interested in Matt Boyd. Hypothetically, Scott, if Matt Boyd went to the Astros, and by the way, his ERA is 417 on the road, 336 at home, although not giving up as many home runs on the road, so I'm not sure I care about that ERA. Uh, Would that be good or bad? Much worse park, but we know the Astros have their devil magic, and they make everyone better. Yeah. Right. They're not interested in a pitcher unless they feel like that pitcher has some 
untapped potential that they're going to maximize. Not by the way that Matthew Boyd needs to be any better. I mean, I, I understand it'd be a tougher park for him and he is a little vulnerable to the home run, but uh, most pitchers are these days. And uh, yeah, I think just from the perspective of improving his win potential, because as good as he's been this year, sub 500 record, it'd be a good thing. Okay. Uh, Brendan McKay DH last night. He went over four, did not strike out against Baltimore. Do you have any interest in Brendan McKay, the yeah. hitter, this year? Uh, well, it, at least in CBS, you're not able to use Brendan McKay as a hitter yet, though so, there are apparently some things in the works there. Uh, I am surprised that they're even using him as a hitter because he, his bats seem way behind his arm in, in terms of developments, and uh, they're obviously competing for a playoff spot. So... I don't know how regularly they're going to do this, but I was surprised to see it. Okay. Nate Evaldi, here's some big news. Nate Evaldi, who's 58% owned, he will be the Red Sox closer when he returns from the IL. That's according to Nesson, their broadcast network. A true closer. Not part of the Do you believe it? Do you believe that, though? What is this? You think it's true? (laughs) Uh, Well, there, there was nobody quoted in the report, so I have my doubts, but that's... I mean, it, it would be good news as opposed to guessing which of four arms is going to get the next save in the Red Sox bullpen. And uh, I don't think anybody was too excited about the prospect of Valdi as a starter again. I think I'm he could be very good. In adding, a, he could have been. He could no, have been. No, no, no. As a reliever, fine, as a reliever, I mean, as a closer, I think yeah, he could be very uh, good. Yeah. He did it. He yeah. did. He did relieve in the playoffs last year. I think he made three or four. One inning appearances. He came in for like six innings against the Dodgers in that crazy extra inning game, but just like one or one and a third. And he pitched great. I didn't give up any runs. So we know he's going to be one of the hardest throwers. It's pretty interesting. 58% own. And if he's available and you need saves, you take a look. Meanwhile, Jose Alvarado is 43% own. Diego Castillo still on the IL, but should be back right after the All Star break. Alvarado got a save for the Rays yesterday, and he's 43% on, like I said. Who would you rather have, Alvarado or Ivaldi? Ivaldi. Yeah, I mean, saves have been hard to pin down in the Rays bullpen this whole season. So, okay. Uh, prefer, the, prefer the true closer. Kansas City released Brad Boxberger. Adam Frazier tied an MLB record yesterday with four doubles in one game. He did that against the Cubs. Jamison Tyone was supposed to throw over the weekend, but he did not. Meanwhile, Denelson Lamette could start this week for the Padres. Your interest level in Denelson Lamette, would you drop Alzali or Logan Allen for Lamette? I might drop Allen. Yeah, I was I I kind of I went back and looked at the numbers for Denelson Lamette from his one season in the majors. I feel like the last time we talked about him, I kind of downplayed it. I mean, the strikeout rate was huge. He was and, and and he really got things going leading up to the injury. Uh, so you know, let's not lose sight of the upside there for Denelson Lamette just because it's been a long time since he, we heard his name. And he, frankly, it was kind of a flash in the pan, but definitely interesting. Yeah, he's he's not really very owned. I think 25% owned Denelson Lamette. And uh, yeah, could start this week, like I said. I'm trying to look up his K Flash rate. in the pan was a bad phrase to use, but you, you get what I mean. Like he wasn't. He wasn't some like highly regarded prospect that we were counting down the weeks until his arrival. He got here though and was and pitched great. Twenty five percent on. He had ten point nine strikeouts per nine. 
as a rookie. Okay, and what else we got in the news and notes? Adalberto Mondesi is on a rehab assignment, and since obviously I'm going to wish you all a happy 4th of July in two days, happy belated Canada Day, everybody. Forgot to say that yesterday, but happy Canada Day. We love Canada. I've been to Canada two or three times. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Mm. It was great. I saw an American football game, a preseason game up in Canada at the Sky Dome. That must have been like 20 years ago or more than that. Uh, all right. Great story, Adam. All right. Let's take a break here on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, we're playing The Feud with Heath Cummings. We'll be right back. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on Homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. All right. Welcome back. It's Fantasy Baseball today, and we're feuding. Hey, what's up, Heath? Like, does anything sound more fun than getting Heath to play a game and look ridiculous after a week of vacation? That sounds like a blast to me. Nah, you should be <laughs> fine. The categories I picked are pretty... They, they have nothing to do with last week. Don't even worry about it. All right, so who's the defending <laughs> champ? We think it's probably Heath, right? Probably the defending family fe- fantasy uh, feud. Yes, I did win on a technicality last game. Oh, great. All right, I'm sure that'll probably happen Scott again. Scott won, and then an emailer sent in no, a correction, wait. and I won. You're that, thinking of fantasy. That was Jeopardy, Jeopardy Heath. Which, Come on. Yes, which I thoroughly dominated by somebody tried to get <laughs> but I won. in anyway. It's like, it's like soccer. <laughs> oh, that's right. I screwed that up so bad. Well, I, I will not screw up Fantasy Feud. Here we go. Give me Scott. Give me Heath. Top five answers are on the board. Give me your top five leaders in stolen bases. Heath. Heath. Alberto Mondesi. The number one answer, sir. All right, uh, pass or play? I'll play. Okay. We need four more of the top base stealers. Uh, Malik Smith. The number two answer. I can't believe you didn't say Malik Nailed Smith it. first. Yeah. Man, I am so good at this game. What else you got? You're oh, that's about it. Okay. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. You run um, out pretty quickly. So I will go with Billy Hamilton. Oh, I didn't turn the volume up. Hold on. There you go. Wrong. One strike. That was wrong. That was wrong, yeah. So I have one strike against me. Correct. Stop buying time. You have 10 seconds. Uh, Trey Turner. (laughs) Trey Turner is incorrect. Two strikes. So far, we have Adalberto Mondesi and Malik Smith off the board, the top two base stealers in MLB. Who else? I have a right answer. (laughs) Well, I'm really happy for you, Scott. <laughs> Pressure's <laughs> odd, Heath. What's that? Pressure's odd. You have yeah, five seconds. I, 
did not expect to win. Oh, you want an answer? <laughs> yeah, I need like an right answer. Now? Uh, I don't have a good choice, so I'll say Christian Yelich. Hey, that's correct. He's on there. That was my answer. Oh, Dang it, huge. <laughs> you, do, I hope you have a – so I encourage Scott and Heath to always have a list of the teams up. That's all. This is a list of teams to take a look so you don't forget people. All right, come on, we got to be a little faster here, Heath. What do you got? Five seconds. Give me an answer. Steals leaders. Cody Bellinger? I believe he only well, – I don't know how many. He, he, I think he has like That's, eight steals. I think he has eight. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Down. Uh, so, Scott, we've got the number one answer, Adalberto Monesi. Number two, Malik Smith. Number four, Christian Yelich. We are missing two names here. Can the Scott White family steal oh. the category? I think so. Jose Ramirez. Way to go, Scott. You yeah. get the point. The other answer, third on the list, he's only 25% owned. You believe that? Gerard mm. Dyson. Uh, I said Billy Hamilton, isn't that? (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Our next category. Scott White is up one nothing. Give me the top five answers are on the board. Give me the leaders in hard contact rate. Scott. Scott. Yes, I am going to go with Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo. Oh, he doesn't qualify. Doesn't qualify. All right, what do we do about that? I will go with Cody Bellinger. <laughs> Cody Bellinger is the number two answer, Heath. Would you pass or play? All right. Um, uh, I'll play. Okay. Hard contact <laughs> rate with Bellinger off the board. Qualifying well, hard contact Well, I, I got to ask, is this, is this fan graphs or yes. is this uh, baseball savant? Okay. They're a little different. Right. They've got to be qualified hitters. Yes. Obviously, yes. All right. Who um, you got? Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich is the number one answer. Good job. Ooh, this is where it gets more difficult. Um, Mike Trout. Mike Trout is incorrect. One strike. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is correct, Heath. Way to go. What number was he? He was number five, so we have Yelich one, Bellinger two, and Freeman five. Two more in the hard contact leaderboard. Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado is incorrect. Two strikes. Good guess. How you feeling there, Scott? You feel like you got this? Pete Alonzo. Oh, Pete Alonzo. Wrong. All right, Scott, you got a chance to steal it again. Ah, uh, well, this I've been every time I talk about this guy, I bring this up, though I know he's fallen off some of late and he may not qualify anymore, but I am going to go with Christian Walker. Wow, Christian Walker! Wrong. And Heath takes round two and we are tied. All right, Heath was very surprised that somebody wasn't on, so let's just make sure I'm right about this. Who was it that you said that you thought I'm wrong about? I don't think I said Pete Alonzo. I don't Pete think I Alonzo. said I thought you were wrong. Oh, let's see surprised. where Pete Alonzo ranks. Let's just see here. Pete Alonzo is third. No, just kidding. Um, Pete Alonzo is 30th. Wow. Yeah. Barely even hits the ball hard. All right, so who do we got? Who are we missing? <laughs> it's Christian Yelich, Cody Bellinger, and Freddie Freeman. Who is number three? This one might surprise you. Justin Turner. Oh, Justin Turner. And number four. Okay. Anthony Rendon. 
We underrated. Anthony uh, yeah, we're also we're supposed to say it at the same time, right? But yeah, but that's not gonna happen. Know. All right, Heath, good job. <laughs> I did Justin I, Turner. I, I didn't know the answer, so I couldn't say it at the same time. Justin Turner right, being on that right. list was interesting there. So yeah. Uh, all right, last category here. We're tied at one, and this is a Scott White specialty. The top five answers are on the board. Who are our leaders in swinging strike rate? Heath. Heath. Blake Snell. Blake Snell is correct. Pass or play? Is he number one? He's number one, yeah. Wow, I am so good at this game. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> what the heck? I'll play. All right, play it up. Uh, we, we got Snell off the board. Swinging strike rate leaders obviously qualified. So, um, what else? Who else you got? Um, I will go with uh, Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer's number two. Good job, Heath. Thank you. Way to go. Um, I'll go with uh, Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander's number three. Wow. Yeah, he's crushing it, folks. Um, Snell, Scherzer, Verlander off the board. Swinging strike rate leaders. No strikes yet. What do you got? This is going to get more difficult. I don't know. If, uh, I'll just I'll go stick. Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is correct. He's number four. <laughs> is he going to sweep the board, folks? I don't Might. think so. So far, I've just said Blake Snell, and then I've gone down my pitcher rankings <laughs> one through three. <laughs> so <laughs> That's awesome. That's worked so far. I think it's yeah. going to get more difficult now. Um. How about I'm just gonna queue Brandon up. Woodruff? I just grew up the wrong sound. Uh, Woodruff is wrong. That's one strike. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had to get the eat sigh in there. Okay, one strike. What about Jacob deGrom? Jacob deGrom! Two strikes. Scott knows who it maybe. is. I got this. I could have swept this one, but my internet connection was messing up when Adam gave the topic. Oh, wow. DeGrom is seventh, by the way, <laughs> so you didn't miss by much. I don't think Scott's going to get this. All right, Heath. I think I'm going to get it. I think so. Uh, what do you got? It's been it's been probably a week since I've checked. but Oh, I've just, Snell, Snell, Scherzer, Verlander, and Cole are off the board. Who's number five in swinging strike rate? You have five seconds. Lucas Giolito. Giolito's ninth, so DeGrom and Giolito were good guesses. All right, Scott, a lot on the line right here. Ladies and gentlemen, Fantasy Feud is up for grabs. Scott won the first category. Heath won the second category. We have one answer remaining on the board. Who is fifth in baseball in swinging strike rate? Scott White. I've got a fever because the answer Shane Bieber. And... Oh! He is number six. I was going to be so six. mad if I lost because I have thoroughly dominated this competition. He is number six. You played every one. He, you didn't even give Scott a chance to dominate this competition. Um, I couldn't get the. I got the. I had the quick hand. I got the right answers. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. I guess so. Uh, number five is just ahead of Shane Bieber, Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo. I would have been yeah. really, really mad if it was Shane Bieber and I didn't get it too. Good so for I'm you guys, yeah. by the way, guessing six, seven, and nine. One, two, three, four, six, seven, or nine. Number eight is Chris Sale, by the way. Well, I'm really glad I came on. Yeah, you want to stick around or are you done? No, I'm done. Well, All right. Yeah. 
All right, that's fine. That works. Plugged in on the vacation. You said all you did was watch baseballs. I did, and I just uh, I won. Just well, I'm now the feud and the Jeopardy returning champion. Just in case you're interested, Heath, we if you yeah. want to stick around, Scott is going to tell us who his first two rounds of 2020 are. Well, that sounds exciting, but I will just listen later. Okay. Thanks, guys. Uh, then I think for the sake of our video team, as they have to juggle things around, let's take one more quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, we are redrafting the first two rounds, but there's also a lot more to talk about from yesterday's games. So we'll be right back on Fantasy Baseball today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together. And nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Well, that was fun. Thank you to Heath for coming on. Scott, more from yesterday. All right, players we don't talk about much. Not all of them played yesterday, but uh, Tommy Pham. Tommy Pham's team played, but he didn't. Let's just give me a quick thought, you know, what he is so far, what do you think he is the rest of the season. I'll tell you what Tommy Pham is. He is the number 26 outfielder in points, number 34 in Roto, 852 OPS. Very solid season, 13 homers, 7 steals. I don't know, he just sort of exists out there, Tommy Pham. Give me your thought. Yeah, for staying healthy, I, I think it's a little underwhelming. It's a little less than I thought he'd be in a healthy season, in part because he doesn't elevate the ball very well. So, uh, you know, actually has a high home run to fly ball rate, but he's running less often than I thought he would. Good plate discipline, which helps. Now, must start probably, but, you know, not, not, the, not quite the category specialist I thought he could be. Yeah, I think you more or less just leave him in your lineup, right? I mean, I guess in a three outfielder league, you might be a little disappointed, but he's also a streaky player, so maybe he'll get hot. But, uh, you know, fam has been good, not great. Uh, Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant has been much better in points leagues than he has in Roto because Bryant's plate discipline is terrific. 44 walks, 67 strikeouts in 81 games. He has a 933 OPS, but you look at Bryant, Overall, he's the number 20 hitter in points leagues, number 36 in Roto. Still fine. First 16 games, 668 OPS. Next 35 games, he was he just went nuts. He hit 12 home runs. He had a 13, hit 1132 OPS. Last 30 games, he's batting 300, but only three home runs in his last 30 games. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm also a little underwhelmed by Chris Bryant. I suppose where you got him, he's been fine. But he's not... Like, he's yeah. not back to, if you look at the batted ball data, it's not what it was in 2016, which still is his best year yet. Yeah. yeah he's he's definitely, uh, 
avoided the the worst case scenario. I mean, he's he's reestablished himself as a stud when after last season. I mean, I didn't really know what he was going to be, but uh, he was he when we do the when we do look at the top two rounds for next year, he is outside of it. Uh, probably better in points leagues than Roto probably because he walks so much, but still uh, he's just gotten outclassed in a crowded hitter field. Right, which is why I was surprised you used the word stud for him, for Chris Bryant. Uh, you know, a stud in, like, the third or fourth round sense. Okay. Right, how about Juan Soto? Juan Soto, I, this is what you need to know about Juan Soto. His slash line, nearly identical year over year. Uh, slugging a little bit better this year, a little bit more power, but he's, he's been a very similar hitter. And with an IL stint, he's played 73 games. Most teams have played about 81, 82, maybe up to like 84. Uh, top 15 outfielder, 15th in points, 12th in Roto. Give me your thoughts on Juan Soto. Yeah, I think he's rebounded nicely after a slow start, and uh, I'm pretty pleased with what he's done. It's not like the power is, is for a high-end hitter is kind of low in this environment. I think that's the first time I've said that this year. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, his his strikeout rate was high early, and that was kind of frustrating because it was hurting the batting average. But it's gotten better every month, and I, I think he's good. Okay, yeah, well, he's very good. So who do you like better, Juan Soto or Chris Bryant? Bryant. Really? Interesting. Mm-hmm, yeah. All right. Uh, Yoan Moncada. You know, my take on Moncada is that after his hot start, I'm talking like his first six games, he had about a 1,400 OPS. He's been good, not great. And that's 68 games with an 838 OPS, which is very good. But it, but in this environment, it's not amazing. <laughs> You're still very happy. with it. He's been a steal in drafts. But yeah. has he yeah. has he taken the step we were kind of thinking that he... I don't know that I ever was. I don't know if you ever were, but I think Chris and Heath... I don't want to speak for them. Has he taken that step, though, that it looked like he might be taking uh, early in the year? I I think this is... Like, if you were imagining Yoan Moncada's ceiling, it's a little less... I mean, it's a little more than this. Uh, so he's he hasn't quite played up to what I thought his ceiling was, but he's he's cut down on his strikeouts enough that I feel like this is legitimate. And, and like, he's, he's basically must start right at second base position. That's the position that's probably most lacking in high end players. Um, and I wouldn't call him a high end players, but he's, he's, you know, among the top 12 pretty much deserves to be starting. I guess he's probably just going to be third base next year. Right. Has he played any second this year? Uh, that's, I don't think so. that's an interesting factor in his future evaluation. Yoan Moncada, yes. And Fernando Tatis. We, I, maybe are taking him for granted how awesome he's been. I know we have doubts about the batting average because he strikes out so much. Mm-hmm. But Fernando Tatis is averaging 4.06 fantasy points per game. And that's his worst format. Okay, like He's better in Roto than he is in points. But four, four fantasy points per game is really good. It's better than Trevor Story, for example. Um, what do you think yeah. about Tatis? I mean, I, showing 30-30 potential as a 20-year-old, I, I don't know how you don't get excited about that. Yes, I mean, he has a 443 BAPIP, which is crazy high, uh, and his XBA is startlingly low 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit 260 the rest of the way, but I also wouldn't be surprised if nobody was really minding that he hit 260 the rest of the way because he provides so much else. So uh, exciting player this young. Um, you know, we're he's a future first rounder. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he certainly appears to be. Very excited about Fernando Tatis. Double dongs from yesterday. Other than Josh Bell, who went yard three times, we had Eugenio Suarez and Freddie Galvis. Eugenio Suarez, still not a top 12 third baseman. He's 14th in points, 15th in roto. And Galvis, over the last 28 days, has an 866 OPS, which actually makes him number 19 in points, number 13 in roto at shortstop. But it's still, I mean, the raw numbers are good. 299 with six home runs uh, and four doubles. 866 OPS for Galvis in his last 28 days. Scott, a thought on Suarez and or Galvis? I think Galvis is not really worth the trouble, uh, especially with as many options. It's just a deep league option for sure. Yeah, Eugenio Suarez. You know, he's. I I think he's pretty good still, and and I don't know if he will meet last year's batting average. That was the most questionable part of last year's line, and obviously he's fallen short of it. But uh, I, I don't really I hesitate to call him a disappointment because the power has certainly been there. And I can't imagine anybody's given much thought to to sitting him if they if they own him. Would you rather have Eugenio Suarez or Josh Donaldson? Suarez. Justin Turner. Suarez. I, seeing Justin Turner, by the way, top five in hard contact rate. I just got to feel like there's some more power coming. I, I don't know why there wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's been something I've been feeling from the beginning, and it hasn't really come through yet. But True. I, I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, like, he's, he, is, he is hitting not necessarily more ground balls, but fewer fly balls. And he seems to have replaced them with line drives this year, which would explain his awesome batting average. But he's just yeah. crushing and line the drives ball. are, of course, hit hard. Yeah, like the ho- but, yeah, that's uh, what it is. I mean, the home run to fly ball rate is pretty consistent with the previous two seasons. It's very, very similar for Justin Turner. So really, if he want, if he's going to hit more home runs, he's got to hit more fly balls, and he's got a pretty low fly ball rate. Um, so. But, you know, one way or the other. I think you're going to get something. You're either going to get batting average or... Well, I wonder where Justin Turner ranks at third base. Let's find out. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Uh, when uh, last like, I looked... Like 18th. At least in points league. Yeah, it was, it was, is he behind Donaldson? He is behind Donaldson. He's behind Suarez. Yeah. Now, is that a games played issue? He's played 77 games? Eh. Nine home runs doesn't really help. All right, moving on. Fringy starting pitchers. Trevor Williams did not pitch well, but he got a win. Three starts since coming off the I.L. Williams has been terrible. He's 70% owned. He does have Milwaukee at home this weekend. Tyler Malley. So pretty interesting. Tyler Malley had been lobbying his manager, David Bell, to let him pitch deeper into games. So Malley goes six innings, gives up one run. They bring him out for the seventh, and he does not record an out. He gives up two runs. Two runs charged to him. So I'm not sure he's pitching into the seventh ever again. His opponents are crushing him third time through the order. But Malley was good, and his walk-to-strikeout rate is, is exceptional. 22 walks and 92 strikeouts. Uh, Jeff Samarja was good. I doubt we care. Ryan Yarbrough was disappointing 
mostly because he didn't get a win. But he went three innings. He gave up one run. The whip was high, three strikeouts, but only three and a half fantasy points for Yarbrough. So uh, Williams is 75, 70% owned, Trevor Williams, and then Mally, Samarja, and Yarbrough are less than 40% owned, Scott. What do you think about that yep. group? Yarbrough and Mally are the ones I have some interest in, but they're pretty fringy in mixed leagues, and I, I certainly wouldn't be rostering them over any of the young pitchers we've been talking about the last couple days. Uh, Williams and Samarja, especially Samarja. I just have no interest in whatsoever. Okay. Hitters from yesterday. Flying through this so we can save some time uh, for the next, for the first two rounds of 2020. All right, Brandon Lau. How concerned are you getting about Brandon Lau? He is batting 136 with no home runs in his last 13 games, 12 games. We were a little concerned because his Babbitt was crazy high. His strikeout rate, extremely yep. high. So Extremely high. I mean, are we looking at... Should Fernando Tatis owners be paying attention to what's happening with the Brandon Lau right now? No, no, because Fernando Tatis, his strikeout rate isn't... You know, it's not good, but it's not like this. This is Joey Gallo level of striking out for Brandon Lau, and there's a reason Joey Gallo prior to this year has basically been a 200 hitter. Uh, nobody should be able to be able to survive this kind of strikeout rate, um, you know, unless they have really, really, really good power. Brandon Lau has really good power, but I, I, I had hoped because there wasn't a history of this level of striking out in, in, in Lau's past that the strikeout rate itself would improve. And that hasn't happened. This looks like, you know, even now, batting 268, the Babbitt's 373. So there, there could be more regression to come. Is he droppable? He's been so good, it's hard to say that. But he also sits against lefties, Brandon Lau. Not always, but often. Yeah. Like, would you drop Brandon Lau for Kevin Biggio or Keston Hira? I would drop him for Keston Hira and Kevin Biggio, yes. All right. And then let me get your take on two outfielders who played yesterday and did, I guess, noteworthy stuff. Randall Gritchick, 48% owned for some reason. And Corey Dickerson, 39% owned. And Dickerson has a 908 OPS, by the way. And 11 doubles in 24 games. Holy cow. Yeah. He does yeah, sit I mean, against they're both, lefties. They're both part-timers. and I mean... I guess Gritchick plays pretty often, but there there just isn't enough there. I mean, five outfielder leagues, maybe you get desperate and you have to use one of them, but I'm I'm not really hopeful that they're going to uh you know, ascend to a higher tier of of fantasy interest here. In the bullpen, Jeremy Jeffress got a save, but Josh Hader pitched the eighth because he was facing the top of the order. I have to imagine that's what that was all about. And in deep leagues uh, Scott will probably give a quick no on these guys. Austin Slater, Giants outfielder. I believe he did have some good minor league numbers, and he homered. He went two for five with a home run at San Diego. And then uh, Baltimore starting pitcher Tom Eshelman gave up two runs in five innings with zero strikeouts in his major league debut. But neither Slater nor Eshelman is owned. They're both 0% owned. They're probably owned in some leagues, but not enough to register as even 1% owned. What do you think about Austin Slater and Tom Eshelman? 
That is so low end. Like <laughs> one thing I, I say pretty often when uh, somebody points out that a bad player had good minor league numbers is, yeah, he wouldn't have gotten this chance if he didn't get minor league numbers. Well, Eshelman is an example of a player who got a chance in spite of not having good minor league numbers. So, yeah, yeah we look, can we can move on. Look at those highlights. Those might be his parents. I, I know, and his parents, and then here I am trashing the guy. I feel yeah. bad now. Yeah, well, let's look at this pitch. S- slow ground ball to short. Did they turn it? They Wow. Uh, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. That, that's going to need like a, a review. Generous call there. But... <laughs> You know, when I watch, when I so what we were watching is a highlight of a ground ball to short and a flip to second base that just barely beat the runner who was going on the pitch. It seems when I watch those plays, a, a throw, a close play at second base, they always look safe to me. They always look safe. Yeah, and they're almost yeah. always called out, and I'm like, what? And then I'm like, oh, they're probably out. I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, always safe. <laughs> uh, all right, we got one. Pro- they're, they're usually right when they make the call. But. Exactly, but. They're better than I am. All right, so listen, we got a bunch of emails to get to uh, at fantasybaseballcbsi.com. Scott's first two rounds for next year. First, this prospect email from Morgan Faust. Pronunciation, I don't know. Subject is Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux is absolutely crushing AAA. Should I pick up Gavin Lux now in keeper slash dynasty leagues? I I don't know how deep your prospect uh prospect roster is in your particular dynasty league i imagine not deep if he's not already owned because gavin lux uh was baseball america's number 40 prospect entering the season so yeah definitely has dynasty appeal he is a i don't, shortstop. I don't think he's going to be a big contributor this year if yeah. that's what you want to know but definitely yeah. a prospect first round pick know. for the dodgers He's got a 9.35 OPS this year in the minors. Um, last year it was 9.13. So he also steals some bases. He had a 27 steal season in 2017. All right, pretty good prospect. But they're pretty. They're going to be pretty good at shortstop once uh, the All Star breaks up and we get Corey Seager back. I, I is he playing shortstop? It just lists him as a shortstop. I don't even know. But. Uh, some second base too, and okay. yeah, it seems like he'd have to move to, uh, you know, when when the time comes for him to break in. Yeah, and he's only played four games at AAA. He's been mostly at AA, but in those four games, he has a fourteen ninety four OPS. He's batting five hundred. That's Gavin Lux. All right, so guys, Gavin Lux in your first two rounds next year. No, <laughs> not no. quite. No, no, not even Corey Seager. Let's see. Uh, let's see who's made it. Let's see what I disagree with. I can get all angry about. What do you got? First two rounds for next <laughs> year. All right, number one, Mike Trout. Disagree. Really? If Christian Yelich <laughs> keeps it up, I yeah. think he should be the first pick in, in fantasy. He's got ten more steals well, than Trout. Some made the case for Mookie Betts over Trout this year. I know. That's gone. And I'm the guy the who's always, uh, and I'm always like, no, you got to take Trout. I'm never this guy. Yeah. But look, Trout, it, just, Trout in the past has looked like he wasn't going to run, and then he came back and he, you know, became like a 25-30 steal guy again. So he could do that next year. But if he's a mid-teen steals guy and Yelich is a mid-30 steals guy, I'm going to be pretty yeah. tempted to take Yelich first. Trout won, it can't backfire. And when people have tried going a different direction, it has backfired every time. So 
Yeah, there's just no doubting Trout at the top for me. Number two, however, is Christian Yelich. Okay. Number two. What's crazy to think is that, like, you know, the the conversation was he'll never be that good again last year. He'll never hit that many home runs again. Maybe he can be really good, but not that good. And now he's on pace to at least challenge what many still consider to be the single-season home run record. So, yeah, good for him. All right, Number three. Number three is Cody Bellinger. Number three, who, you know, he might be challenging Yelich for the number two spot if, as we mentioned earlier, he hadn't slowed down on the base paths. And he's only been, he's only eight for 13, so it hasn't been a good success rate. It makes sense that he's slowed down. Yelich, meanwhile, is running wild. He's going to set a career high in steals this year, too. So that's, that's enough to decide that gap right there. Uh, number four, you want to guess? Is Betts. It's Betts. Yeah. yeah. Who hasn't been, you know, really in this group in terms of production this year. But this is the downside for him, right? And he's still a stud. And we know the upside is trout level. So, yeah, let me, let me uh, weigh in on Betts because uh, when I was watching the Yankees game, Yankees Red Sox game on Sunday, uh, yeah, Sunday, they had a pretty revealing what's wrong with Mookie Betts talk. Uh, it's basically come down to this. He's being too passive. He's not swinging enough. And his plate discipline's been great, but they need him to be more aggressive. It's that simple. I, probably not just that simple, but that was the simplest explanation. Yeah. And another thing that the pitching coach said was that like he's the reigning MVP, and I don't know how big of a deal this is, but pitchers, like sometimes he gets an extra mile per hour or two. Pitchers want to bring their best. They get geeked up to face Mookie Betts, like teams going to Golden State. That was the comparison he made. They always get yeah. their best. So, you know, it Although seems I fixable. I, it, it hasn't really been a strikeout thing for him. Just just putting that out there. Um, not that you were necessarily saying it has been, but there may have been no. an implication there. He's not I, pulling I the ball. Too, he's not pulling the, the ball as much. Years now where, where he's basically performed at his floor. Right. So... But he needs to pull the ball more, and he needs to be more aggressive. All right, so Trout, Yelich, Bellinger, Betts. Number five, another familiar name here, Nolan Arenado. That's right. Yeah, hits 300 with 40 homers every year, challenges for the RBI total, and yet some people don't like drafting him this high. I don't get it. I guess he doesn't steal bases. Number six, old guy, Max Scherzer. Yep, yes. He's going to... Turn 35 next year, certainly getting to be a scary age, but the way, like, no, nobody's allowed to put up the stats he does anymore. <laughs> so you, you have to, you have to roll the dice to fill starting pitcher with a stud. Along those lines, number seven, this might be the first controversial choice, really, is Chris Sale. Yeah, no way. Chris Sale. No well, way. Well, well, we'll see. I, I think that the second half is going to determine that. Because I think that he's pitching, I mean, he's, he's pitching that well. Um, but I, I don't yeah. know that I'd take him seventh. For sacrificing so much velocity, his K per nine is, is over 13. It's, it's, you know, last year was a career best season in terms of ratios. And he's basically matched those since that bumpy April when, you know, which basically served as a spring training. So I... You know, there's there's no doubt in my mind he is he's probably better equipped to pick a big word workload uh, by not throwing as hard. 
and he can handle it. That's could be. All right, number eight is Francisco Lindor. Makes sense. Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Now, actually, he's well behind pace last year, but he's kind of like Mookie Betts, where uh, particularly since he's kind of reinstilled the stolen bases this year, shown that that's really a part of the skill set. There's just the floor is so high. Uh, <laughs> it, number, it must be it must be number, hard at this point to differentiate the hitters. You know, it, it is. It is. There yeah. are so many, and it really gets to be tough in the second round, especially. Um, but number nine, because it is so hard to differentiate the hitters, another pitcher. You want to guess which pitcher it is? We've already had Scherzer and Sale. I'm going to say it's Garrett Cole. It is Garrett Cole. Hey. Very good. Garrett Cole, number nine. <laughs> the Astros have kind of made him this, though, and there's a good chance he's with a different team next offseason, free, uh, free agent this offseason. So that's just something to keep in mind. Number 10, number 10 is Freddie Freeman. Hey, there you go. Freddie nice. Freeman. Not controversial to you? Uh, no, I think, you know, he will 100% give you a good batting average. And he's one of the best hitters in baseball. Yep. He's one of the best hitters in baseball. I mean, he's, he's on pace for 40 homers this year, which is a mark he hasn't achieved before, but there were some injuries. Like, basically, three of the past four years, he's been this kind of power hitter. Wasn't last year, the year he stayed healthy. But I'm, I'm, I'm happy to count on that kind of power from him. Number 11. And you could, you could maybe justify moving this guy up three or four spots. In fact, based, depending on how the second half goes, I could see him being top five next year. Hmm. Number 11 is Ronald Acuna. Ah, yeah, you know what? I know you saw the tweet I had on, on Saturday morning. Since yeah. they moved Acuna to the leadoff spot, it has been a fantasy mm-hmm. changer. He has been, I believe, yep. a top five hitter because he's running, uh, his, he's running wild. So Trout, Yelich, yeah. Bellinger, Betts, Arenado, Scherzer, Sale, Lindor, Cole, Freeman, Acuna, and finish out. That's number eleven, right? Yep. All right, finish out. Finishing round it out one. with Trevor Story. Yeah, I was gonna say he should be a first rounder. Yeah, he barely made it, but yeah, I agree. It was he was a first round producer last year too. We just obviously had doubts that he could repeat that lower strikeout rate and that he'd keep stealing bases, but he he's done both. And so he deserves to be valued like that now. All right. Quick programming notes, Scott. We've got like eight minutes left. So I want to read emails, but Scott and I are going to do a mailbag show. That's going to air on July 4th. We're going to record it on Wednesday in that mailbag show. We'll reveal the second round, but the, which is going to be a much bigger guessing game than the first round. Trout, Yelich, okay. Bellinger, Betts, Arenado, Scherzer, Sale, Lindor, Garrett Cole, Freddie Freeman, Ronald Acuna, and Trevor Story. That's your round one. Yep. And I don't, the only one that stands out to me as risky is Chris Sale, but that's because I feel like he's risky right now uh, just because of the shoulder issue and the fact that he's always seemed to sort of struggle, by his senses at least, in August and September. But I, I think this is a great first round. Maybe I got to dig in a little bit more on Lindor, but you, what you want are guys who can steal bases and hit for power. And, you know, Lindor's obviously one of them. So I love it. I love the first round. It's great. Yeah. We'll get the second round on Wednesday, which will air on Thursday. Right now, let's read some emails at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. This is from Tim. Hey, guys, is it me or do the new baseballs bum Scott out huge? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I 
It, is it new again this year? I know I know AAA has adopted the uh, the major league ball, so it's a new ball for them. Um, I'm, is I don't it know. new? I mean, it, obviously, this is the, the cork in the center of the ball. The pill in the center of the ball is is off center or something like that, creating less drag. So that's you know that's but, all. I but know. this is this isn't this isn't the same thing we were talking about three years ago. This is brand new. I don't know because last year the home run rate went down. But Scott does yeah. not like this. Here it is, environment. No, no. I mean, it's it's like it's made it such a three true outcomes game. Yeah. That I mean, home runs have become not the exciting thing they used to be, and there's not much action in between the home runs. I I think I think it should bum everybody out, frankly. Right. I thought the games in London were awful. <laughs> I thought, like four, like almost five hours of that crap. Um, just terrible pitching. Uh, okay, from Rob. Yeah. Hey, Tom, Greg, and John. We know them. They're Braves. Should I drop? Ah, uh, yes. The big three. Should I drop? The Braves could do no wrong with pitching. Carlos Carrasco for Dylan Cease. Should I drop Carrasco for Cease? You there? Scott? Uh... What no. what happened? There? I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Where did uh, you go? I don't know. My connection has been kind of kind of messed up this whole show. Oh so, yeah, all right, interesting. Uh, I'm I'm surprised this is the first time you've noticed. I'm thankful this is the first time you noticed. But yeah, no, I wouldn't do that. Okay, uh, from Austin, Bieber or Cindergard, rest of season. I will go with Bieber. I will go with Bieber, and that's that's going to be an interesting name in the mailbag show when we talk about the second round. Oh. So stay tuned. <laughs> wow, okay. Not really a spoiler, but we'll get into it then. All right, all right. From Luke, who do I drop when I activate Trevor's story? Jason Kipnis or Kevin Newman? Newman. No, actually, I, I would drop Kipnis. Will... I, I mean, you could go either way. I, I would drop Newman because I feel like there's just not a ceiling to get excited about there, but Kipnis obviously hasn't been good for a long time, and that'd be fine, too. This is from Jeff. Hey, I'm hanging on to first in the standings now. I was offered Vladimir Guerrero Jr. for my Jonathan VR in an eight-team AL-only league, but I'm middle in the pack in steals, average, and RBIs. I'm, I'm on top in homers and runs. So, you know, he kind of needs the steals. Would you give up VR to get Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Did he say if it was keeper or not? Did not say. I don't. I don't yeah. think he'd get I mean, that trade if it were there, a keeper. But um, I, I probably not even a question. Uh, I still think I wouldn't redraft. I as hard as Vladimir Guerrero is hitting the ball, I think there are better days ahead. Yeah, VR's actually been a top twelve second baseman. He hasn't. You know, sixteen steals. I don't know that it's been worth it, but look, ten home runs is also isn't that bad. He stinks, but it's been fine. Whatever. Uh, from Brian, <laughs> what's up, guys? I'm looking to trade a couple of pitchers for a bat. I've been trying to figure out who I should sell. So, how would you rank these guys rest of season? Herman Marquez, Mike Miner, and Lance Lynn. I would rank them Miner, Marquez, and Lynn, but they're very close. Okay. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think shopping Lynn makes sense. I, I've been skeptical you could get full value for Lynn just because he's Lance Lynn and his reputation isn't great. But maybe he's 
And he still has a four year area, so I'm still skeptical, but maybe I'm wrong. From Casey, who would you rather have, Kevin Biggio or Keston Hira? Ah, uh, yes. I feel like this was something we've talked about the past couple days. Yeah. I'm saying Hira, but uh, the- I, I, I'm willing to acknowledge like, it, it could be wrong. I mean, Kevin Biggio's look great. I think Hira has a higher ceiling, I think his skill set is a little better. But Biggio's, Biggio's is more like well-rounded. Like he's good on base skills. He can run and here I can't. So it's it's almost a coin flip. It's just amazing, like the that how much things have changed. That Scott would get would take a guy who has like three walks to thirty strikeouts or something over this amazing on-base guy. His plate discipline, I just don't think means as much as as we thought it did, or or maybe what it used to. Because here his plate discipline is terrible, and Biggio well, has an amazing yeah, walk I mean, rate. He, I, I don't think Hira's is going to be terrible. It might That's this part year. Of it too. I it mean, might. He, he had, he got a, it, it was better that final week. Like, he was just bad before that final week uh, leading up to Travis Shaw returning here, getting sent down. And then he got, he had a great week. And, and basically, his AAA season followed that same pattern ton of strikeouts, no walks early on, and then became much better. So I, I think it's just an adjustment period he goes through. I don't think it's going to be the norm. If I did think it was going to be a norm, then i definitely say Biggio. All right, Scott, real quick on these last two from Connor. Would you drop any of these guys? Uh, oh, he needs to drop one. Who should he drop? Carpenter, Chris Taylor, Lourdes Gurriel, or Votto? Points League, 10 teams. Carpenter, Chris Taylor, Lourdes Gurriel, or Votto? I think Taylor's pretty easy answer. Yep. Uh, though Guriel might be the least likely I drop from this list, which is notable. From David, in a shallow league, I'm looking to pick up Brendan McKay. Should I drop Scooter Jeanette or Gene Segura? They are my worst hitters right now. It's a categories <laughs> league. Yeah, I, if, I, I don't see much reason to hold on to Segura if you have shortstop build. Uh, he's, he just doesn't compare to... Really, my t- the top fifteen at that position in terms of upside. Maybe I, I think I have him outside my top twenty. Yeah, and he doesn't really run much. And, and just, just you better be talking about McKay the pitcher. It's not worth doing this for McKay the hitter, but for the pitcher, yeah, you can do right. it. All righty, that's Scott. Thanks to Heath for coming on. Thanks for sitting with us while we played the feud today. I'm Adam Azer. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Wednesday with a real show, and then we'll have a pre-recorded one for you on Thursday's show. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on Fantasy Baseball Today.